You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Samuel with me this morning. Continue our series on suffering. I've titled the message this morning, How to Deal with the Ups and Downs of Life. We're going to pull a great example from the life of a woman who walked with God, Hannah. I think many of you here are very familiar with the story of Hannah and her closed womb and the bitterness of soul that she had because she had no children. And how she went into the temple and she prayed and God answered her prayer and she gave birth to Samuel. So we're familiar with the story. But let's learn the lessons that God would have us to learn from the life of Hannah. We find in verse 1 of chapter 1 that Elkanah was her husband's name. We find that he made a grave mistake in life by marrying two women. One is enough for any man, much less two. And you can imagine the tension that was in that home between Hannah and between uh, Peninnah, uh, which was another one of his wives. But they were a godly family, and it came time of the year to go to the temple there in Shiloh and to worship the Lord and to offer sacrifice. We see that there in verse 3. And then in verse 4 is where I want to pick up this morning. And when time was that Alcana offered his sacrifice to the Lord, he gave Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. So she was a very fruitful wife. She had many sons and many daughters. He gave her and her children a portion. But, verse 5, because he loved Hannah, it seems like he had a special love for her. But unto Hannah he gave a what? worthy portion or a double portion so she got twice as much as Peninnah had received he loved her but the Lord had shut up her womb once you understand something God takes the womb and he opens it and he closes it according to his will For whatever reason, in Peninnah's life, he opened her womb and she had many children. In Hannah's life, he closed her womb so we could learn some lessons. Verse 6, and her adversary also provoked her sore, her adversary being Peninnah, provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Think of that tension in that home. And as he did so year by year, when he went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she, Hannah, wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. 
Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow. Listen, when you make a vow, God will hold you to that vow. And she made a vow. I think of marriage today. Marriage is till death do us what? We take a vow. In sickness and in health, for rich or for poor, for better or for worse, we take a vow. Hannah made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and forget thine and forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. We know that the Lord answered that prayer. Uh, let's go over to uh, verse uh, 26, end of the chapter. The Lord opened her womb and blessed her with uh, Samuel. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, talking to Eli, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Chapter 2. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Verse 6. The Lord killeth. Now this is Part of her prayer. It's kind of like a song. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth what? Down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. And here's the phrase I want to focus on today. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He bringeth low and lifteth up. Brother Smig, would you stand and pray for us, please? When life takes a downward turn, and it will for all of us, right? There are the ups and there are the downs in life. But it is a very, very unpleasant experience when life takes a downturn. But what did Hannah say in her prayer? She said, the Lord bringeth low, but he also what? 
he lifteth up. Say it with me. He bringeth low, but he also what? He also lifteth up. None of us like it when our health takes a downward turn. None of us like it when our investments take a downward turn. None of us like it when our relationships take a downward turn or our grades take a downward turn or our work takes a downward turn or our car takes a downward turn. None of us like it when our appliances take a downward turn or our computer takes a downward turn, which mine did this week. Thank the Lord for my son, Ben. Isn't it amazing how dependent we are now on our computers? But we don't like it when it takes a downward turn. We don't like it when our church takes a downward turn. When our hope that things in life are going to get better and yet they get worse, like when the Democrats take all three branches of government. For us as conservative Republicans, that's a downward turn that happened this past week. We all have been asked from time to time, how you doing today? What is our usual answer? Doing great. We only really respond to someone who is close to us by saying, you know, I'm kind of feeling down today. Have any of you ever said to someone, I'm kind of feeling down today? Have you? I have. We use that phrase to describe how we feel when we're in a state of discouragement or maybe even depression. But there are some lessons, I believe, today that we can learn from Hannah and how she dealt with the downward turns in her life. This is her personal testimony. She said, He bringeth low, but he lifteth up. What did Hannah do when she had all of these downward feelings? She looked up. Here's what I want to tell you today. You need to get this. When you're down, look up. When you're down, look up. This is exactly what David did in his downward times. Listen to what he said. Unto, unto thee lift I up mine eyes. So when things are looking down, you have to look up. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes. O thou that dwellest in the heavens, unto thee, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. When you have been knocked down, you have to, as a believer in Christ, you have to look up. He bringeth down, but he will also lift you up. Psalms 121, David said, I will lift up my eyes into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil and shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy goings out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. When you're down, look up. But what keeps us in that downward condition is the fact that we fail to look up. We continue to look down, and that's when Satan can destroy our lives and can destroy our testimony as well. 
What did Hannah do? Well, Hannah did exactly what we need to do, is that she took her burden to the Lord. And the Bible says, look at verse 15 with me. Look at verse 15 of chapter 1. It says here, And Hannah answered and said, answered Eli the, the priest, No, my Lord, I am a woman of what? Sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have, what? I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Why did Eli think that somehow Hannah had gotten drunk? Why do you think that? Because he saw her just pouring out her heart unto the Lord there in the temple, and he had thought that she was actually drunk in the house of the Lord. But she said, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring out this bitterness of soul. I'm pouring it out to the Lord. And when she poured it out to the Lord, listen to me, God changed her condition. You know, one of the biggest problems that we have in our Christian life is we're not pouring out our heart unto the Lord. I've shared with you many times my experience in the Philippines to see the altar full. And then as everyone gets up and goes back to their seats after I have preached, there's just there's puddles of tears there before the Lord on the tile floor. We don't see that. We don't see that crying out to the Lord. We don't see that, that weeping. The idea is here, she was weeping to where she had no more power to weep. Just weeping before the, listen, when was the last time you were knocked down so low that all you could do was lift up and put your eyes on the Lord and weep? The Bible said, bear ye one another's burdens. Isn't it wonderful when someone else comes along, when we're down, and someone else comes along and tries to help us up? It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But in verse 5 of Galatians chapter 6, it says this, every man shall bear his own burden. Listen to me, there are some burdens that, yes, others can help me to bear in my life and can encourage me during those times, but then there's burdens we just have to carry alone. No one else can really help us with the situation that we find ourselves in. So how do we bear our own burdens? How do we do it? We do it the same way that Hannah did it. The Bible says, cast thy burden, what? Upon the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. That is exactly what she did. She couldn't go anywhere else but to go to the Lord and pour out her heart with tears before the Lord, looking to the Lord for help. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. Here's a passage of Scripture that in this series I've been going to over and over and over again. Maybe we'll get it memorized by the time I'm done with this series on suffering. But 1 Peter chapter 5. Humble yourself. It's low. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may what? He bringeth low, but he lifteth up. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. That's what Hannah did. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Don't ever forget that. Be sober, be vigilant, 
Because your adversary, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom... Listen, when you are down, you are vulnerable. And that, stop and think about it. When has Satan attacked you the greatest in your life? When you're down. Once you're down, he just keeps pounding and pounding and pounding because the last thing he wants you to do is to get up. The Bible said a righteous man falls seven times, but he does what? He gets back up with the Lord's help. He gets back up. He doesn't stay in that downward position. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Knock down, look up. Who resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren which are in the world. Others have come through it by the grace of God. You can too. And then he goes on to say this, but the God of all grace... I'm going to talk about humility here in just a moment and how important it is to be humble before the Lord. Because God will only give grace to who? The humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up. But the, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, will make you perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. Listen, that's God's promise. So when you are down, you have to look up. Let's remember the words of Paul. You're, you're all familiar with this. Philippians chapter 4. Not that I speak in respect of want, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now listen, I know how to abase I know how to be knocked down. I know how to abase, and I know how to what? Abound. He bringeth down, but he lifteth up. I know how to abase. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be what? Hungry. The ups and downs of life. Both to abound. And to suffer need, the ups and downs of life. But then he says this, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. When you are down, you have to keep looking up. You have to. So life is full of these ups and downs. Hannah is a perfect example of that. Chapter 1, are you there? Look, chapter 1, verse 5, God closed her womb. Who closed her womb? The Lord has closed her womb. Now, we have kind of taken that away from the Lord today. That we can, we can decide whether our womb is going to be open or closed. But back in these times, it was God. The womb was closed, God closed it. The womb was open, God opened it. But her womb was closed. Was that an up or a down? That was a down. Also in verse 5, it says, Her husband loved her. He loved her dearly, and he gave her a double portion. Was that an up or a down? That was an up. Gave her twice as much, trying to make her feel better. 
of her womb being closed. In verse 6 and verse 7, Peninnah, who had several sons and several daughters, provoked her by constantly putting her down. Was that an up or a down? That was a down. In verse 8, her husband tries to comfort her. Is that an up or a down? That's an up. But then he fails to comfort her by saying, am I not better to thee than ten sons? To which Hannah probably replied, no. Very poor job in comforting her with that statement. That was a downer. In verse 10, her heart is broken. She is in bitterness of soul, and she's just weeping and weeping. And Have you ever been around a woman that's just weeping? Us men don't know how to handle that. She's just weeping and weeping and weeping. Is that an up or a down? Come on, talk to me. Is that an up or a down? That's a downer. In verse 11, she pours her heart out to the Lord in prayer. Is that an up or a down? That's an upper. In verse 12 through verse 14, Eli, the priest, thinks she's drunk. Is that an up or a down? That's, that's a down. That shows you how we can misjudge people, right? In verse 15 through verse 18, Eli tells her that her prayer is going to be answered. Up or down? That is an upper. That is an up, up, up. In verse 19 through verse 20, she worships the Lord and conceives a son. Up or down? That's an upper. In verse uh, 21 through verse 28, she gives her son back to the Lord. Is that an upper or a downer? Say both. Now, as I was studying this passage of Scripture, almost everyone says that, that Samuel, because she weaned him before she, next time they went back to the temple to worship, she didn't go, she stayed home until the child was weaned. And then next time they went to worship, she brought the child. And so a lot of commentators will say that child was between two and three years old when she gave that child back to the Lord. I want to tell you this. If someone wants to give me a two or three-year-old child, uh-uh, no way, no how. Are you with me? I've had a house full of them. So I don't know whether he was two to three years old. I think that would have been more of a burden to Eli than it was a blessing. So maybe Samuel was just a little bit older. I only speak from my own personal experience there. The terrible twos are what? They are terrible. Who said no? A, gra a grandfather says no. But that had to be hard to give her son that she prayed for back to the Lord. But she did it because she had made a vow. Then she prays in chapter 2, she prays that amazing, amazing prayer. And then in verse 11 of chapter 2, or in verse 15 of chapter, what is it? Verse 11 of chapter 2, she gives the child to Eli and the child there ministers to Eli and the Lord. You know, there's, there really is no greater joy than to give your children to God 
and then watch them serve the Lord with their lives. That's what we as Christian parents hope. So I guess what I'm saying to you, did Hannah have a lot of ups? But she also had a lot of what? She had a lot of downs. I really believe this. And I'm just meditating on this passage of Scripture that God intends to use our down times to prepare us for our up times. That's why you need to look past the down times on into the future and the up times that God is preparing you for. Many scriptures teach this parable. Think of Abraham offering Isaac on the altar. Was that a down time? But when the ram was caught in the thicket, was that an up time? And, this, and look at the blessing that God brought into Abraham's life. Now I know. Became a father of many nations. I like what one man said. This is a quote. He said, the way up is down with the Lord. That's a powerful statement. The way up is down with the Lord. Remember what the prophet said? My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. The way down is the way up. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me. He heard my cry, and he brought me, hello, he brought me what? He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. How many here have ever been in a horrible pit? He brought me up out of the horrible pit. Out of the miry clay, he set my feet on a rock. When, when Hannah was praying her prayer, she referred to the Lord as her rock and her salvation. We see the teachings of Jesus there in Matthew, where he said there are those that build their lives on the shifting, sinking sand of this world, but then there are those who build their life upon who? Upon Christ the rock. And when the winds come and the storms blow and they beat upon the house, it stands firm because it's been built upon the rock. He set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. He has put a new song in my mouth. He's now up. He was down in this horrible, miry pit, but the Lord brought him up. He had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and shall fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done and thy thoughts to us word, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak them, they are more than can be numbered. Church, whenever you're down, I promise you on the authority of Scripture, Christ is there to pick you up. In Psalm 113 in verse 7, David said, He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and he lifteth up the needy out of the dunghill. Now, now, how would we say that today? 
He lifts the needy out of the pile of manure. And isn't that how he would say it? We don't call it a dunghill. It's just a pile of manure. How many have ever felt, man, I, I have been pooped on? I may be one of the only preachers that ever said that from the pulpit. I don't know. <laughs> but that, that is exactly what David is saying. Man, I just got pooped on. But the Lord lifted me out of that dunghill. Wow. The Lord lifteth up the meek and casteth down the wicked. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God. He will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted. Down. Be afflicted. Mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, that's Hannah, and your joy to heaviness, that's Hannah. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, that is Hannah, and he shall lift you up. It doesn't say he might lift you up, it says he shall lift you up. I love the promises of Scripture. Jesus said, when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. Let me say something to you here. If God lifts you up, stay down. When God lifts you up, stay down. See, what do you mean by that, preacher? I'm saying this. If God lifts you up out of that dunghill, and God sets your feet on a rock and he establishes your going and he brings blessing in your life, stay humble. Amen. Jesus said, sit in the lowest room so your friend will put you higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I'm telling you, we live in a culture that just, it praises pride. Looks down upon humility. But that is just the opposite of our God. You know, one of the reasons, I, I'm telling you, I hate Facebook. I hate it. I'm glad we're able to use it to preach the gospel. But for me personally, I just, I I hate social media. I hate Facebook. People, are, people put stuff out there. You know, it's just pride. 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 How many friends do I have? Who's been watching my post? Pride. We live in such a prideful world. I'm here to tell you, we need to be knocked down. Amen. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor is humility. When God lifts you up, stay down. 
Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know how to abase, I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full, to be hungry, to abound, and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. You know, this principle is found throughout Scripture. You know what? It's found throughout this hymnal. That when we're down, the Lord is there to lift us up. I think of three of the greatest hymns of the faith. See, I'm not into this contemporary junk, which is one phrase repeated over and over and over again. These great hymns of the faith, they're just full of doctrinal biblical truth. Like a mighty fortress is our God. This is a classic hymn that reminds us that through the trials of life, God is there, like Hannah said, like David said, as our rock and our fortress. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, when we're down, our helper, amid the flood, when the flood of trials and adversity and suffering comes into our life and we were, we're knocked down, our helper amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe, the enemy, Satan, for still our ancient foe to seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength, did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Doth ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled, well, we can say amen to that. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, knock us down. We will not fear for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill, the truth abideth still, his kingdom is forever. When you're down, look up. Great is thy faithfulness, another classic hymn that just waxes poetic in God's great faithfulness to us. That no matter when, where, or what is going on in this world or in our lives, God will remain faithful to us. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, thy Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They feel not as thou hast been, thou forever will be. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature and manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today when you're down. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed when I'm down, 
Thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Another great hymn of the faith, My hope is built on nothing less. So many hymns talk about this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness seems to hide his face. I mean, I'm in the pits. I'm in the dunghill. When darkness seems to veil his face, hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath is covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'll come back to this a little bit later if time allows us to, but think of Jesus who lowered himself that he would be exalted, King of kings and Lord of lords. And even though he was exalted as King of kings and Lord of lords, he always stayed down. I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. This, what I'm teaching you today, is a general principle of Scripture that we cannot forget, that we really need to take to heart, and that is that God often allows hardships to come into our lives before he brings blessing. I want to say it again. God often allows hardships to come before he brings blessing. He bringeth low, Hannah said, and he lifteth up. I've learned how to abase. I've learned how to abound. In other words, Paul was saying, listen, I've been knocked down, so I would look to him to lift me up. Those who, think of this with me, those who have risen out of poverty to prosperity, they have a tendency to appreciate their prosperity a whole lot more than someone who was always prosperous. You know what I'm saying? As I was thinking about this principle, I can go back years ago now. I've, I've been with some of you 40 years. But I remember going back when we were just Shelly and I and Justin. And then as we started to have more children and more children and more children, I remember how absolutely poor we were. I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like to have to look through, through your pockets to see if you could find enough change that I could go down and buy milk for my children. I remember when someone started to give us government powdered milk and government cheese and government pork. Maybe some of you remember that in that silver can. We, we, we rejoiced. You know how many years it's been since I drank powdered milk? I remember, some of you remember this, I, wor I worked and worked and worked just to keep a car on the road, changing engines, painting cars, just so I would have a vehicle that I could keep on the road. You, you asked Justin, Isaac, and Benjamin, they were raised on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I remember, when, they'll tell you, when they got a bologna sandwich, they thought they died and went to heaven. 
Mike, you know it's like to be poor. But I'm going to tell you this. We don't live that way anymore. We drive nice cars. We live in a beautiful house. Beautiful house. A little over a year ago, we threw all of our possessions away, and I said to uh, Alyssa, didn't I say to you this week, I said, my goodness, we threw everything away. And look it. Look it. It's unbelievable. I have side-by-sides and four-wheelers, and you have to have a building to put them in we got jungle gyms live on 40 acres in a beautiful log home full of deer but you know what I'll never forget peanut butter and jelly sandwiches the times of poorness will make us grateful to appreciate the times of plenty. So those of you who are going through poorness, you're in the dunghill, look up. David said, I was brought low, but he helped me. Lowering often comes before lifting. Why does God do that? You know why he does it? To keep us humble. Paul said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Many think he was talking about himself. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. Such a one caught up into the third heaven. I knew such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Says it again. How that he was caught up into paradise. Could you imagine? Caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which are not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory yet of myself. I will not glory, but I will glory in my infirmities. For although I would desire glory, everyone does, I should not be a fool, for I will see the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, and heareth of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure. This is why I believe he's talking about himself here. Could you imagine being caught up into heaven? And seeing those things, Paul said, I saw and I heard things I can't even mention. He said, but lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, wrote 14 books of the New Testament, there was given me a thorn in the what? Why did God knock Paul down? Why? So he would not become prideful. I always remember what Pastor Nono would say. It was just a, a phrase of his. I know you've heard it. 
but be careful, buddy, or God will knock you down. That's why we better humble ourselves. Because when God knocks us down, it hurts. I was given this thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. For this thing I, I besought, I begged the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for, the, for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities in persecution and distress for Christ's sake. Here we go. For when I am weak, then I am what? When you're weak, when you're in the dunghill and you can't get out of it, look up. For when we're weak, he is strong. I think of the example of Job. Was he knocked down? Wealthiest man in the East loses absolutely everything. I don't have time to go into all the things he lost, but you know he is afflicted from the top of his head to the sole of his foot with boils. The only relief that he would have is to take a piece of broken pottery and scrape the boils and get the pus out of those boils. It's a nasty thing to even think about. But he lost everything. Well, this is what the Bible says. I quote from the scriptures. At the end, the Lord lifted him up and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. I want to tell you something. When God lifted Job up, he stayed humble. This is the exhortation James gives us using, using Job. He said, Behold, we count them happy which endured. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful of tender mercies. I believe this, that happiness will come to those who endure the dunghill like Job did. When God's ready, he'll lift you out of it. When he has accomplished his work, he'll bring you out of it. Job said to his wife, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job sinned not with his lips. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain my own ways before him, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as what? Humility is just, is so important in the Christian life. Jesus said, whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your what? Servant. When God lifts you up, make sure you stay down. How many remember what the disciples were always arguing about? Who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? Who's going to sit on your right hand and on your left? Do you remember what Jesus' answer to them was? Yeah, I'm going to bring my kingdom. But he that is least will be the greatest. Jesus said, where wither is greater, 
He that sitteth at meat or he that serveth? Is not he that sitteth at meat? But I am among you as he that serveth. Again, I refer to the Philippines because I'm over there all the time until COVID hit. And I missed not going last year. I missed not going this year. But you know what happened? We'll all sit down. And some of the Filipino ladies used to be Lisel. I remember saying to Pastor Nono, we'd all sit, we'd all have our meal, Lisel would serve us. Remember that? I remember saying to him, why doesn't someone grab that young lady? And then Ben came and grabbed her. <laughs> but you would say, who is, the, who is the greatest? Was it all of us that were there being served by Lisel? No, God said it was Lisel. That's why I'm saying, when you're down and God lifts you up, stay down. Spurgeon said this, it is the method of his grace to humble those whom he means to exalt. Are you listening? It is the method of his grace to humble those whom he means to exalt. None will ever be rich in Christ until they are made to feel that they are bankrupt themselves. If we must be humbled in order to reach new heights with Christ, we must cheerfully accept his plan for our lives. That's hard to do when you've just been pooped all over. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Stay humble, but in lowliness of mind, listen. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, which we all do, but every man also upon the things of others, because this was the same mind that Christ had. He humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Man of sorrows. What a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Salvation requires humility. I thank God I'm not as other men are, prayed the publican. I fast twice a week, give tithes of all of I, that all of I all that I have, excuse me, the Pharisee, but the, but the public could beat up on his breast and said, God, be merciful to me a what? Who got saved? The publican got saved. Salvation requires us to humble ourselves before the Lord. Maybe the reason we're not seeing more salvation is because we just have too much pride as Americans. Restoration to the Lord through chastening requires humility. You know, when God brings chastening into our lives, he's not trying to hurt us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to bring us back to himself. Listen to Hosea. He says, come, let us return unto the Lord. Listen, he hath torn, he will heal. 
he has smitten, he will bind us up. No chastening seemeth to be joyous for the present, but afterwards it yieldeth a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Restoration to the Lord requires humility. Listen, that, that's, that's why I, I mean, I, that's why I so strongly embrace the altar. It is a humbling thing to come before the altar and to kneel before the Lord. You're not kneeling before a man. You're not kneeling before the pulpit or the communion table. You're kneeling before the Lord. Revival requires humility. Boy, do we need revival. I know 2 Chronicles 7.14, sometimes we get tired of hearing it, but if my people. Well, what? What? Humble. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I will heal their land. In conclusion, let's go over some things we learned. God must first empty us before he can fill us. Would you allow him to empty you today? Today's trouble just paved the way for tomorrow's blessings. Hardship precedes betterment. The way up is the way down. Lowering is required before lifting. Poorness prepares us for plenty. Demotion often precedes promotion. And all of our problems are God's opportunity to show himself strong and to bring himself glory. What did Hannah do when she was down? What did she do? She looked. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.